standby passengers, see me at the podium of your city center. Non-Rev Lounge is a travel and aviation podcast. Monique, Laura, and Tyler are three friends that work for a major airline as gate agent, flight attendant, and ramp worker. During this podcast, they will discuss using their flight benefits to travel the world as well as talk about things that happen at work. They have guests on almost every week to share their travels and stories, leaving tips on the best places to travel or things to do. Enjoy. Everybody and welcome to the Non-Rev Lounge. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah, excited we have all three of us here today again. So this is the second half of the conversation we had with Sam, where last week he talked more about uh, being a pilot and working on the ramp and some of his non-rev stuff. This week's going to be more of his uh, destination stuff. He's got a fun destination, so we'll get to hear that. Let's get into it now. So you went on a trip to Kyrgyzstan. Yes, thank you. Tell, yeah. tell us about it. So that trip... That is probably, I guess I have to say like that's my favorite trip without my wife because my favorite trip always should be with my wife, right? That's nice, yeah. So so Kyrgyzstan, how that kind of worked out, I have a friend that he's a fly fishing guide up in Idaho. Uh, He's one of my best friends. We actually kind of became friends through Instagram. He owned a fly fishing company and then he's also a guide up there. So we were talking with him and then his mom does some stuff with United Nations. Oh, Um, yeah, she with the UN. Yeah, she uh, she doesn't work for the UN, but she like l- kind of lobbies to the UN, I guess. But like a lot of family stuff, and so brilliant woman. Like went back, got a degree from Harvard after all her kids left the house and stuff like that. She works with a guy at Utah Valley University. His name's Doctor Beck. He's from Kyrgyzstan, and he left Kyrgyzstan in the last uh, political coup, so he can't go back when there was a regime change. But we had talked to him about going over there and looking for trout. And our goal was to find some good fisheries, rivers that had trout and stuff like that, and then teach the locals there how to guide and how to fly fish so that we could send Westerners over during the summer and the local people would you know, host them, guide them, and they'd make more money in a summer doing that than like their whole lifetime in Kyrgyzstan. Okay. Wow. And then be able to put their kids through school and stuff like that. Kyrgyzstan is a very poor country. Like you land and you're rich. It's like 95 to one, their money. Wow. So, and so that was the goal. So we planned it all out. He, I put him on my, uh, on my benefits. And so we routing, we went to Dallas to try to get business to Hong Kong and we didn't get it. And he's like six five, six oh, six. <laughs> and we got a whole row, but I ended up sleeping on the floor and like he put off the armrests and we tried to sleep that way. So we get to Hong Kong, which is like my favorite twenty four hour layover. Like if you're gonna go to Asia, twenty four hour layover in Hong Kong. Okay. It's the move. Cause you can just take the train straight. There's a Marriott right there at the airport. Stay there, take the train into Hong Kong, check out the moving walkways, get some dim sum ride the train up the mountain at night, cross the bay, which is cool on the ferry, go back to your hotel and catch your flight the next day. So we did that. It was cool because, so we had like a 12 hour layover going there in Hong Kong. You know, so I like blew up my camping mattress and did that. We sat on Cathay and they hooked us up with business. Did you both get it? It was a guest, right? Yeah, but it's part of the Alliance. Okay. So so he can Zed on that one. 
and we both got business class lay flat. Oh wow, nice for like ninety bucks to Dubai. Oh, oh so that was our route, and we went that route because he was only registered companion. Okay, or we would have gone through Istanbul. Yeah, which is a better connection. So we went to Dubai, had like an eighteen-hour layover there, rented a car, checked it out, and then we had to buy tickets on Fly Dubai, which is uh, I think Emirates like discount airline. Okay. Like you're paying for bags, stuff like that. Ryanair. Yeah, like Ryanair. <laughs> uh, and then we took that. It was a red eye. And we landed in Bishkek, which is the capital, at like 630 in the morning. Grabbed a taxi. I don't know how we got a taxi, but we grabbed a taxi to our hotel. And like Kyrgyzstan is, it's old Soviet Union. So it's over there like East Asia. And the way to kind of describe it to people, if you've ever been to Pocatello, Idaho, <laughs> If you went to Pocatello, Idaho and drilled a hole straight through the earth, you'd pop up in Kyrgyzstan. So it's like simmer climate, but way more mountains, like gorgeous. Prettiest country I've ever been to. Oh, wow. And it's like the the capital is actually pretty cool. Like it's, there's a lot of people, but it's old Soviet Union. So there's all these like concrete buildings and stuff like that. So it's like flowers grew over concrete. So it's beautiful, but you can see what used to be there. Hmm. Um, and so we got there and then that Dr. Back that works at Utah Valley University, his nephew who works in government in Kyrgyzstan, like came and met with us and was like, all right, what do we, uh, what do you guys need? And we're like, well, we guess we need fishing licenses. So we got to go do all that stuff. And he's like, all right, um, pay cash, like don't take out too much cash and carry it on you. So like, there's still some like government corruption over there. And so we, we wanted to be above board. So we got fishing licenses and stuff. And then we went and got a rental car. I found some rental car from like a Russian dude. We rented mm-hmm. like a four wheel drive vehicle for like 90 bucks. So it wasn't like a, a business. You just found some dude that. He, he runs a business, but I found him, you know, like Googling. And then I had to hit him up on WhatsApp. Oh yeah. And uh, <laughs> so it was like, I think we gave him 500 bucks cash and checked out it was a mitsubishi montero it was sweet like the first time we started it it was like (laughs) (laughs) hey bro and then it started every time after that we got our car i think we stayed the first night in bishkek and then we were out of there like we were up in the mountains for 10 days it's funny so we're leaving the main city we were gonna go check out this valley so we go we wanted to go check out this river like i'm just in awe like i'm driving but i can't look at the road because it's just like so pretty so pretty and i'm just like blown away by how these people live and there's like fruit stands all over the place and i think we stopped and grabbed a watermelon because that's what there's watermelon we should buy one yeah so (laughs) and the people there are like beautiful and it throws you off so they they're more mongol looking they're asian but more mongol they so it's a little different look than like chinese and japan but then you talk to them and they speak Russian and you're just like, wait, what? And so we're driving, we just got out of the main city and my friend's sitting in the back and he's like leaning out of the car to get pictures of these mountains that are like snow capped. And we're just like, Oh my gosh. And we get pulled over. Oh, and I'm like, Oh, cause like you get pulled over in other countries. Sometimes it's like, Oh man, we're going to get shook for like <laughs> cash. Right. Yeah. And the guy comes up he starts speaking Russian or Kyrgyz, which they sound kind of the same. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. I'm so sorry. And he's like, oh, you're American. And I'm like, 
yeah. He's like, where are you from? I'm like, California. He's like, California. <laughs> I'm like, what is with California? <laughs> People like, like I thought he was going to bust out like surfs up or something, but he, I showed him my license or whatever. He's like, okay, you're American. I'm like, yeah, like, sorry about what, what did we speed? And he's like, oh no, just don't hang out of the car. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, okay. Like, did you got to sit down to take pictures? And he's like, yeah, enjoy our country. Like, welcome. Cool. I was like, Aww. that is such a different experience than other countries when you get pulled over. Yeah. Like this, this whole trip was just like so much perspective on what's important in the world. You know, like everybody should go to Kyrgyzstan or a country like it. And so we get there and we had pulled up like Airbnb said that there was somewhere to stay in this little village we were going to. And, um, but the Airbnb is, I'm like, it should be right here. Cause we went in October um, which is right before winter is going to come. So we were trying to beat winter and I'm like, the Airbnb should be right here. And then I read about it. I'm like reading the ad and it gets taken down at the end of summer. Cause they, what they do for Airbnb is they set up yurts, like oh. a pretty solid tent with animal skins. Oh yeah. And, uh, so they'll set them up like Riverside for people to come stay in. So like a TP. Yeah. But bigger, like it's round, it's a circle. And the walls go up and then it goes over. Oh, okay. So the walls aren't like leaning from the from the ground the whole uh-huh. way. They go up straight and then over. And so I'm like, oh, man. So then we saw a sign that said like guest house. Because when you start traveling around the world, like that's what, that's the term they all use is guest house, not hotel. Yeah. Like guest house this way. So we go over and we're like, hey, do you guys have a room? And this family's like, yep, welcome. Like they had just been remodeling like the guest house part. And so we're like, how much is it? And I think it was like $4 to stay there. Jeez. Cause, <laughs> and they were like stoked. <laughs> like, and so well, we, if winter's coming too. Yeah. They probably weren't expecting many people to come by either. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I was there to like mostly video and stuff. And so we go in and they sleep on the floor. So they had the mats out for us. And like, I was just excited. I'm like, sweet. I get to sleep on the floor. Like yeah. normally people are like, mm, this is not up to my stand. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. And the bathroom was a hut in like the garden area and on a cement slab with a hole in it. <laughs> yeah. So like you go into a squat and you do your business and there's a bucket of water and you splash yourself and you're done. Oh. So wow. yeah, I got to do that at like two 30 in the morning <laughs> and it was cold and <laughs> the food had started to hit me so it was like this is a dangerous situation <laughs> <laughs> but luckily i have a brother that lived in korea he he gave me some tips on how to properly do it to not like soil my clothes or get on myself so oh my god um <laughs> but you learn really quick and uh it was awesome like their grandma lived there and she introduced herself as babushka and so that's grandma and so like we, uh, I got, I talked with her and we would just use Google translate. And then they also had, it was awesome. So they're like, they don't have running water. So their shower room was actually a homemade sauna and hmm. it had a stove that they could like, uh, throw the wood in from the outside. And then on the inside, there were all these rocks on it and you just pour water on there. And so like we sat in the sauna every night, nice. they'd, they'd prep it for us. Oh. We'd come back from trying to find fish and they'd be like. The sauna's ready if you want to take a bath and 
all that kind of stuff. And then they cooked for us. Wow. Um, and it was one of the cool experiences was the dad, we told him what we were doing there. And it was, it was kind of wild because with fly fishing rods, they take a lot to set up. So you act, we actually had a holder on the vehicle. So when you're done fishing, like your rod just goes on the vehicle and part of the holder sticks on the hood and then part of it sticks on the top of the vehicle. So your rods are like running up across the windshield. And when we would drive around, people were like, What's like going we were on? turning heads like, <laughs> what are these people doing here? And the other crazy thing was they'd ask us what we wanted to do with what we were going to do with the fish. And we'd be like, Oh, we let them go. And they would just like, like that was the funniest thing they'd ever heard. They start <laughs> belly laughing, like, like catching just, a relief. And then they talk to each other, like, you just let them go. Cause like, that's food for them. Yeah. But we were trying to get them to understand like these fish are worth more alive than on your table. If we can get this set up. Um, Cause they have really big sheep over there, like Ibex and another sheep called Marco Polo. It's the biggest like Ram type sheep in the world. And people from the United States will pay $50,000 to go over there and hunt. Dang. And the locals won't hunt them because they know how valuable they are alive for, for Westerners to come hunt them. Yeah. So they'll just track them their whole life. Westerner comes over, I'll guide you, and this is how much it is, and we'll go get it. And so if we could teach them that with the fish, that they're more valuable alive. But it was funny because so the grandpa was like, I'm going to call my friend. He fishes. He'll tell you where the fish are. And so this guy comes over to breakfast while we're eating breakfast and he starts kind of talking and I was like going to record it because I'm there to like video and document. And it's just, it's so funny because I realized that fishermen are all the same across the world. He paused and he's like, don't record this. <laughs> like, <laughs> these, are, these are my secrets. Yeah, these are, these are my fishing spots. Don't record this. <laughs> <laughs> and we just looked at each other. We started laughing like we're all the same. Like, we're all the same. And so we moved on from there, but it was crazy. So we went to get, we were like, hey, we need to get fuel. And they're like, oh yeah, over there. And we roll up, there's not a gas station. And it's this guy's house. He's like the keeper of the fuel. And he starts filling our car with like fuel in empty water bottles, like big gallon water bottles. (laughs) And that's how they do the fuel. Like that guy probably heads to the Capitol gets fuel and brings it back for that village like, you know, once a month or something. Oh. And we were just like, wow. holy cow, like how much we take for granted. So that was one really cool story. And then and the, the people are just so nice. Like they're so sweet. And they just want to communicate with you. There's a kid that we met in Kyrgyzstan that I still communicate with. He's now living in Russia. He's uh, like 19 now. We're driving up this dirt road, following this river, to go check out an area, see what kind of fish we could find. And we're driving and we see this family off to our left, like up in this field. And they've got a big truck, like a uh, livestock truck kind of thing. And their yurt's still up. And then there's some like sheep trailers. Cause a lot of times they'll live in these sheep trailers. They have a door. Um, and we see them waving at us like, Hey, stop. And we're like, where you've got to, like we we got a late start today. We've got to beat the sun. Like we'll help them on the way back. And so, cause we've got to go back this way anyways. And so we keep driving and I look down to my right. Cause I'm just like staring at the beauty of the river and mountains. And I see this kid, he's bareback on a horse sprinting. He's sprinting next to us. 
and then comes flying up the hill and cuts us off. Dang. And he's like, stop, stop. And we're like, all right. So he comes up. He's like, we need, we need help. Like that's, and so we break out Google translate and he's like, yeah, our truck broke. Can you help us? And we're like, all right, that was pretty sweet. Like that dude just tracked us down on bareback. And so we turned around, we went and helped him. And, um, their something, their truck had, uh, I think the battery died and we tried to jump them, but we sat there and got to know this family and it was like four brothers and their elderly parents. And, uh, my friend from Idaho, he, you know, he rides horses and stuff and he's like, dude, these horses are amazing. He's like, can I ride your horse? And they're like, sure, try it. <laughs> and so he goes taken off and he almost got dumped over the front of this horse, <laughs> but they put the saddle on for him cause they just all ride bareback. Um, but it was cool. And then, uh, it was funny. The dad came out and he didn't speak any like English at all, but he kept pointing at his neck and then at our cooler. And he was asking, he was asking if we had vodka. He's pointing at his oh. neck cause it burns. Oh. And we're like, we don't, we've got some tall boys. And so <laughs> we gave him a beer and he like went back in the yurt and then they invited us in and, uh, they always have tea and then they were making fresh bread Mm. and they they stoke their fires with uh so they basically make bricks out of like horse manure and stuff oh, yeah. and that's what they stoke their fires with but their bread is so good like we sat there and had fresh hot bread chai is what they call their tea we had tea and it was just so cool like we finally got their truck started but they just invited us in and I'm glad you got their truck started. Yeah, we got their truck started because so what they do is they all they all go up into the hills for the summer and take their animals up there to, you know, free graze and then at the end of the summer they break down their camp and head back into the village for the rest of the for the winter. So as you're driving, you'll see like a bunch of dead circles of grass cuz that's where everybody's yurts were. So Man. Yeah, it was I mean, there's so many stories from that trip. We were going to go check this other zone out. And when I put it into Google Maps, it had me like backtracking an hour and then taking the highway and then coming back down. And I'm like, no, I go direct. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's a Mitsubishi. Yeah, we pull into this. Uh, we pull into this like the most quaint little village, like straight out of Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. Like we pull into this village, and I'm like, this is my buddy who's. You know, he's kind of roughneck. He's like, this is the cutest village I've ever seen in my life. I need to bring my <laughs> wife here. And we're like, where is everybody? And we finally turn a corner and everybody's at this one house for like a party or something. And uh, all the elders, like the older men, they wear these kind of like specific hats and they're just all hanging out, drinking vodka and stuff. And so we go up and we're using Google Translate and we're like, hey, how long will it take us to drive there? And it was like an eight hour drive Whoa. and they're like eight hours. I'm like, well, what if we go through the mountains here? And one guy, like I find, I think he finally realized like they're going to do it whether they want, whether we like, <laughs> whether we tell them or not. And he's like, Oh, four hours. And I'm like, cool. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> I'm like, you guys, we're going up the mountain. So we, uh, we start going up this, we make the turn. And I'm like, this is a pretty rough road, but this is why we got this vehicle. So we start going and, we got up to like 12,000 feet. Wow. Like we're up by glaciers and stuff. Wow. It was amazing. And so we start getting up and we start coming down 
And at the top, we turn a corner to start going down. And I look over and there's a dude riding his bike up the mountain. Like a bicycle. Yeah. With like his bags on it and stuff. (laughs) I'm like, "What what are you doing? He's like, I'm riding across the country. He's like Forrest Gump on the bike. Yeah, like this old dude, like in his 50s. And he's like, yeah, I just, this is what I'm doing. And we're like, you're a legend. <laughs> and so we start, we start our way down and it's starting to get dark. And I look at the map and the map can just kind of show me where I'm at. I can't get service, but it'll show my GPS. And I'm like, we're four hours in and we're only halfway. It was eight hours. It was. <laughs> and, uh, and it's crazy too. There's horses everywhere. Like, like herds of horses. And at one point we're driving on this dirt road and there's a herd of horses in front of us and we're like kind of going slow and these horses will just take off down the side of the mountain, like super steep. But this one I'm videoing it. I have a video and I'm like, Oh, that horse. And all of a sudden he kicks, like he kicks with his back legs and like missed our car by an inch. Like he tried to kick the driver's side window in. Oh, and then my buddy was sitting and my buddy looks at me like, oh my gosh. And they just take off down this hill. So we finally get down and there's this little village and it's dark now. And we're like, and it's eight hours later. It's four hours because <laughs> okay. we weren't going to make it the whole okay. way. It's dark. And, uh, we're like, it's late. And so this was one of like those moments where I kind of felt ashamed because Kyrgyzstan's a Muslim country. And so we pull up and there's this old guy and we start trying to talk to him with Google translate and we're like guest house, you know, that's the term. And he's like, no. And so this younger guy, probably in his thirties, who was working on a tractor on the side of the road, he comes over and he's like, let's talk in Google translate. And we're like, is there a guest house? And he's like, no, but you'll stay at my house. And I'm like, we look at each other like, all right, do we want to do that? Like we're in the mountains, we're in a little village. And I'm like ashamed of it. We're like, I'm in a Muslim country. You know, we're Americans. Is this going to be safe? And my buddy's like, let's do it. And so he hops in the car with us. He takes us to actually his brother's house. And this- you didn't hear banjo playing, right? No. Okay. So we, we uh, he takes us to like his brother's house. And it's this little farm. And they got goats and huge stacks of hay and stuff. And he takes us in the house. And he's like, this is my wife. These are my daughter's. There's food on the table. You guys sit and eat. If you need anything else, my wife will get it for you. I've got to go back and fix the tractor for tomorrow. I'll be back in like two hours. And we just looked at each other like, this dude just left us. He doesn't know us. He just left us with his wife and daughters like for two hours. And it was just like, this is crazy. And they're they're feeding us. Like we just got taken in. They didn't question it at all. Like you're yeah. a first class guest. Not at all. And then like, like his little girls weren't even afraid. Like they were kind of standoffish at first, but then like I showed them my phone and they were like, Oh yeah. Like I, I, I've got a picture. His little girl was sitting on the couch and had a phone and was totally using filters of some kind. Cause she kept making <laughs> all these faces and I'm all come show me. And she just came over and like jumped in my lap. Cause you sit oh. on the ground and like, yeah, we just had like, we were taking pictures and funny faces and like, I, we were just like, this would never happen in the U S and it's sad. You're right. Like we're so on guard all the time. Yeah. Oh, you wouldn't just bring anyone home. Yeah. yeah. And, alone, and yeah, leave them with your so family. The dish that they have is like, they basically just take noodles and a bunch of meat 
and they're not particular on what kind of like what part of the animal. So it's just like you're seeing arteries and stuff and you just basically eat it with your hands. Like there's a huge plate in the middle and it tasted like what a horse stall smells like. I'm like, we're eating horse for sure. He told us it was goat, but oh. I'm like, this is horse because they'll eat them over there. And his wife could kind of tell that like we weren't eating much. Like we were spending all our time on the bread and fresh jam. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she's, she comes in with eggs and she's like, do you want eggs? And we're like, oh, oh yeah, we'll take some eggs. So she fried us eggs oh. and it turned out that, so he came back from doing the tractor and we had like, we had like a three hour conversation through Google translate because how it's set up is you can just speak and it'll like kind of bounce back and forth. And so we had like a three hour conversation with him, but right off the bat, he's like, Hey, we're, let me get you some honey. So these are like fourth generation beekeepers. Oh, wow. This whole village, that's what they're known for is beekeeping. And so he like runs out and brings in this like old water bottle that has like fresh honey in it. Like there's still like some stingers in there and it was so cool. And then his daughters must've gone and set up our beds. Cause he took us into, he's like, you guys will sleep in here. And we go in and like, like they were the nice like mats to sleep on. Mm. Like they brought out the best. And then we still had like another 45 minute conversation. And I noticed like an instrument up on the wall and I'm like, Hey, what's that instrument? And they're like, Oh, that's our national instrument. And, uh, his daughter like went and got it down and he tuned it up. And, uh, at this point it's crazy cause I had like decent service and I FaceTime my parents and be, I was like, these are my parents and my parents got to like meet them. And, and then we sat there and played music and sang songs like for another hour before we went to bed. Very cool. And it was just like, it was legendary. That's and then cool. the next morning they made us breakfast and he's like, Hey, he was up before us. We get up and he's like, my friend's coming over. He knows where the fish are. Because we told them what we were there for. And so then we're just cruising around this little village with, you know, our new Kyrgy buddies. And uh, I don't think he gave us the good spots because he rolled up with a big fish. Oh. <laughs> and I don't. He does like, there the should be in here. They should be, like, they were protecting it for sure. Like, I, I have their house pinned. I have their names and stuff written down. If I ever went to Kyrgyzstan, like, I'm definitely going to that village, even though I've got an off-road to get there. You know, and the kid that... Uh, we helped his family out. Me and him traded hats. Oh, cool. Oh, that's, I like I that. still have his. I asked him if he had mine. He's like, no, I don't know where it is. I'm <laughs> like, what the heck, dude? <laughs> but I talk to him every now and then through Instagram, and he went to Russia to, to get work. And But yeah, it's just like, I like to go places that are still kind of wild, you know, because I like to see what like I take for granted. Yeah. But yeah, that was like life-changing. That was a life-changing trip for me to see how how loving people can be. And, you know, we have, I learned that, you know, don't go in with what media or mainstream has told you about a certain type of people. So that was really eye-opening for me. Um, but yeah, those, like, I can honestly say I love the people of Kyrgyzstan. And we got pulled over again, you know, <laughs> another time. And... The cops were like, where are you from? Oh, American. California. California. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just like, I wish that I could like, like that kid that's in Russia, like I would love to be able to figure out how to get him a job and sponsor him to come to the United States because there's people out there that would make the United States a better place that have no means of getting here. 
So mm. it's, I cannot wait to go and take my family to Kyrgyzstan and introduce them to my friends there. And, you know, my friend that went with me, he texts me all the time. I need Kyrgyzstan in my life. Let's go. And I'm like, dude, I would love to go. <laughs> but it's like 36 hours to yeah. get there. Like, I'm in. But now I've got like, we got to be able to take our families. Very so, cool. But yeah, like I'd go visit my babushka, my Kyrgyz babushka, <laughs> and sit in the you sauna. You have a couple and, different places you have to go now. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, and then we got back into the capital and we found a barber shop. That's one of my things I like to do whenever I go to another country. Like my last day, I'll hit the barber up just to, you know, get a fresh shave if I've been in the back country. And so we went to the barber shop and it, I had this Russian lady take care of me and, uh, one of my friends had this big Russian dude that was his barber <laughs> and he got like a sweet design, like carved into his hair and stuff. Cause oh. he was staying another, he had some other friends coming and they were going to be rafting Tajikistan. So he was staying like another 12 days. Um, and me and my other friend were leaving, but yeah, at the barber shop, it was like $17 for what would cost 80 here. Wow. Like straight razor shave, shampoo, some kind of serum on my face. Like it was <laughs> awesome. So that's why I like when I go to other countries, I like to hit up the barbershop and see what, see what they do. But yeah, that's a spa day. Yeah. Kyrgyzstan for sure is you want to go there. How much money do you think you spent? Oh, outside of flights? Outside of flights. Just just in Kyrgyzstan, now that I know how to say it. For 10 Kyrgyzstan. days, was it? Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, for about 10 days, I probably spent, let's see, between the rental car, I don't know, like 600 bucks, maybe. Yeah, wow. That's what I was figuring out. So the dad that we helped with the truck, uh-huh. I really wanted to get a picture of him just because he just like, I feel like he just encompassed what being Kyrgyz, like this dude was old, but his hands were like leather and like his eyes were so tired, but he was still, you know, leading his family and doing all that stuff. And he didn't want a picture. His son's like, he doesn't want a picture. And I, I said, tell him I'll give him uh, like 40 of their money. Uh-huh. And he's like, all right, take my picture. <laughs> and I'm like, I literally just gave him 50 cents. Oh, but for him, he was like, yep. Thank you. That's enough. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, 95 to one was the exchange rate. Very but cool. Let's do a quick round of the end of we usually do tips, but I don't want to do tips like ours. If you could think of stuff that he said, because I already have a couple that I want to kind of end with reiterating those things. Like the Google Translate, you made it sound like it was a big deal. I think a lot of times I've been nervous going places in the world because I don't speak the language, but you made it sound like it was so easy to use that. Oh, yeah. And they like, we go to these countries thinking these people don't know anything about technology. Everybody has a cell phone okay. and they know how to use it. You know, they're mostly droid, but which is all Google based. So they're like, oh, yeah, we know how to talk into that. Let's do it. Very cool. So I've never done it. So that's something yeah, that's, that is cool. It'll ease people, myself, and probably people to know with that they can talk to anyone. Yeah. And sometimes if I hear people talking, I'll just kind of like turn it on <laughs> and, see <if> like, <laughs> and see if they're talking about me. <laughs> you know, just kind of watch it. Like, yeah. okay, they're not talking about, they're not talking that about, bearded the, man over there. Yeah, they're not talking about, <laughs> We're not talking about safe the, enough. <laughs> the American over here. So, you guys have one. Yeah, I do too. Um, when he said every time he goes to Hong Kong, he does a twenty-four hour layover, and then he told us what to do to, to stay at the Marriott, the airport, and then take the train up the mountain and then the ferry ride. 
I would never thought to do a 24 hour layover in Hong Kong. Yeah, Hong Kong's on my bucket list. Of what places. a great idea. Yeah, and 24 hours is like all you need. Yeah. That'd be cool. I think the the recruiting people in Southwest is a good idea. Oh, that's oh. so good. Yeah. <laughs> For us bigger dudes. Yeah. Yep, that's the move. <laughs> so you have other stuff you talked about. Going to have to have you on again cool. at some point, yeah. and we'll sit down. Yeah, I'd love to. Because, yeah, you've been a great guest. We just. Yeah, you're a good guest. Yeah, very fun. Thanks for being on. Yeah. And sharing all your stories. And they were great. And so I'm excited. Can we share some of those pictures on our social media? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'll get you guys some of those pictures. Perfect. Yeah, because I want people to see. I want to see you too. Just kind of. Oh, I totally want to see these. I've got a rad picture of that kid that ran us down on the horse. I had him kind of like up on a hill with these huge mountains behind him. Yeah. Perfect. With the road that he ran us down on. Or even some short videos that we could put if you have those. Absolutely. Like there's turkeys everywhere. (laughs) That's pretty crazy. (laughs) Awesome. And like one other thing that, just one other thing on Kyrgyzstan. So the boys, they can't go to, they're not allowed to go to school, like uh, like actual school, until they master their horse. Oh, So the people of Kyrgyzstan are master horsemen. And so, so, so you'll, be like, do it, yeah. you'll be going through a village and you'll see like this like three-year-old by himself riding a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> and just like doing his thing. Wow. Yeah, and those horses are really sought after because they live in this wild... If you can get one broke, they're very sure-footed. They don't spook very easy because they're wild. Yeah. Like, and they live in those mountains. Awesome. But well, they're built a, to go up and down those hills, like you yeah. were saying then. Yeah. That's just a cool point. I That was one of the cool things that I learned out there. Well, thanks for being on, I guess. And, uh, Absolutely. Thanks yeah, for thank our you. listeners. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Alrighty. Falcon traffic, Cherokee 8, November Delta, turning uh, final, 422 left. Falcon. did it on purpose that time. For what? Like, extra flight attendant. It's nighttime, we have to keep our voice low, okay? <laughs> we don't want to wake up the sleep passengers. Wanna, we don't want to be the noise abatement out here, okay? Don't wake up business class. <laughs>